There is nothing wrong with your screen. Do not attempt to adjust the picture. We are controlling transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will tune it to a whisper. We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical. We can roll the image, make it flutter. We can change the focus to a soft blur or sharpen it to crystal clarity. For the remainder of this video, sit quietly and we will control all that you see and hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your screen. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the breakdown and review of The Outer Limits. Please subscribe. Hey everyone, welcome to Geeking Poetic's long-delayed discussion of the amazing series, The Outer Limits. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 5, entitled The Sixth Finger. This episode's original air date was October 14th, 1963. So this episode starts much like the last episode did with a cold open preview scene where we get to see something that happened later in the episode to sort of pull us into the whole thing and we get a little sneak preview of whatever monster or terror is awaiting us later on. And doing these cold opens really seems to have done the trick because a lot of fans seem to really fondly remember watching this episode for the first time and finding it to be very bone chilling and creepy. I know I certainly did. And right off the bat, we get to see that the way they are using lighting and special effects and prosthetics is incredible, as well as setting us up for a masterful performance by actor David McCullum in the main role. So starting off the episode, we get to meet a couple of the main characters. First up is Professor Mathers, who is doing a bunch of experiments on trying to speed up the evolution of living beings. And I'll tell you, while he seems at first like a pretty mild-mannered guy, we do get some little hints of him possibly being a mad scientist type. And we also get to meet local delivery girl, Kathy. She's there to drop off some things for the professor, and she becomes very intrigued with the whole thing, especially when she sees that he's got a hyper-intelligent chimpanzee that he's worked on. And she offers herself up as somebody that he could possibly experiment on. He takes a sample of her blood to see if she's compatible with the experiments and sends her on her way. We then get to see Kathy go back to town and her various interactions with the townsfolk there. We get to see her really mean and overbearing sister, Gert, who treats Kathy terribly. We see that she has to deal with some snide comments and pickup lines from local miners. And we get to meet our main character, none other than Gwillem, who is played by McCollum. Now, I'm assuming his name is Gwillem because at various times he's referred to as Gwillem or sometimes she calls him Willem. But I'm going by the spelling of it and the fact that it says online that it's Gwillem. So for this episode, I'm calling him Gwillem. Now, Gwillem is a noble but a simple man who works in the mines and he yearns for something better out of life. He hates the town and says that he wishes it was destroyed or something. He thinks that there are better things out there in the world for him. And right off the bat, you can see that Kathy thinks the world of him and thinks that he's really smart and something special. He shows his care for Kathy when he ends up defending her against one of these asshole coal miner guys that just won't leave her alone. And before long, Kathy is revisiting the professor at his lab and she brings Gwillem along with her. The professor informs her that sadly her blood type rendered her not eligible for the experiments, but she kind of brushes that off and says, well, how about letting Gwillem work for you? You need a lab assistant. 
At first, the professor brushes it off and kind of insults Gwilym a little bit, but doesn't mean to. He's just trying to let him know that, look, you're not experienced enough and smart enough, essentially, to be able to do the work I need you to do. This triggers a thought in Kathy who says, well, what if you experiment on Gwilym and do whatever you did to the chimpanzee and make him smarter so that he can assist you? The professor kind of blows this off at first, which I find is kind of funny because he was only too quick to accept Kathy's blood in case she could do it. But pretty quickly, Gwilym decides this is something he really wants to do and he's kind of got nothing to lose, so he offers himself up for the experiment. Anyhow, Gwilym's blood test comes back positive to be able to go ahead with the experiments, and so he and the professor move forward. He shows Gwilym his machine that is supposed to speed up evolution in human creatures and allow them to be smarter and more advanced than what they are. And we see this with a lever that's shown that apparently can either move you forward or backwards in evolution. Gwilym gets into the machine and the experiment starts. Before long, we see Gwilym emerge from the machine and he's clearly a changed man. He has an extremely enlarged cranium and his features just look very exaggerated and off. Right off the bat, Gwilym shows that his mental capacity has changed, not only by being smarter and more articulate, but also the fact that he demonstrates some kind of mind reading powers. This is exemplified when he starts telling the professor that he's aware that the professor is doing this because previously the professor had participated in the creation of atomic bombs of which the professor feels extremely guilty for what that means for the future of mankind. As such, he's decided that doing these experiments with evolving humans past the point of being violent and warlike is his only real penance. However, both men are quite surprised at the physical change that happened with this, not least of which the fact that he is growing a sixth finger, hence the title of the episode. Now, right off the bat, the professor seems like he's having some misgivings about this, given the way that Gwilym is behaving. But this isn't enough to stop him from moving forward with the experiments. Now, this also starts to worry the professor's housekeeper, Mrs. Ives. She's been kind of watching the whole thing from the sidelines, and she notices that the two men are just sequestered away in the lab all day and night. They're not eating the food, and the whole thing just seems really weird. The professor and Gwilym refuse to see anybody, including Kathy, when she comes calling, and this is particularly upsetting for her because Gwilym is basically her only ally and friend, it seems like, in this whole town, and she's the one that got him into this, and now he won't even talk to her. Before long, the professor is quite stunned to find that Gwilym has taught himself to be a self-taught, highly skilled classical pianist. And this scene is particularly cool because unlike we've seen in a lot of other TV shows and movies, uh, McCollum does a great job at playing along with the Bach piece that we're hearing on the piano. Too often actors pantomime along with it and it's really cheesy and obvious that they don't know what they're doing, but McCollum does it masterfully. Not least of which because it turns out that in real life he was a skilled trained musician that had gone to the Royal Academy of Music. And for me, it's little details like this, as well as some of the other things that just make this a really awesome episode. During this scene, Gwilym points out to the professor that he's kind of disappointed that humankind has not spent more time trying to create things that are going to last. Indeed, humans can procreate plenty, but they don't create enough. And this is one of many things in this script that's really thought-provoking and interesting to consider. 
Unfortunately, Gwillem is mutating at a rapid rate, and before long we see that he is now about one million years ahead in the evolutionary stage of humanity. And he shows that not only can he read minds, but he can actually control people with his mind. Now this is demonstrated when Gwillem uses this mind control over Professor Mathers, because Mathers is getting really concerned with the whole thing, and he goes to basically stop the experiment. Things really take a deadly turn when a nosy Mrs. Ives comes snooping around and gets her first look at Gwillem when he emerges from the lab. His shocking, horrible appearance causes her to freak out and start to run away, and before she can retreat, Gwillem uses his mind control power to stop her heart, causing the lady to have a heart attack and die on the spot. The professor's horrified by all of this, but not least of which, he's really horrified at the fact that Gwillem shows no concern over this and basically states that human beings at this point are nothing more than primitive animals to him that he just doesn't have any real high regard for. At Mrs. Ives' funeral, Kathy's shitty sister Gert and a bunch of the other town folks are all scheming about what they think is going on up at the professor's lab. They don't buy that Mrs. Ives died just of natural causes, and they want to investigate. Learning this, Kathy immediately runs up to the professor's house and wants to warn Gwillem. Finally, Gwillem lets Kathy into the room to speak to her, and at this point, both Kathy and the audience get a reveal of where Gwillem's mutation has gotten to now, and the way they use the lighting, the way they film it, the music, everything is just beautiful. They do such a good job. Needless to say, Kathy runs away in fear. She's terrified by him. I mean, even the chimpanzee is afraid of him. And at this point, Gwillem informs both the professor and Kathy that his intentions are to go into the town and destroy it and make an example of them, just further condemning the human race in his oversized brain. Now, this doesn't come as any shock to the audience, really, because even before the experiments, Gwillem had emphasized how much he hated the town and wanted to see it burn. Before he can leave, the professor does try to stop him using a pistol, but Gwillem uses his mind power to pretty easily overpower the professor. Gwillem leaves the house, and at this point, we get to see the cold open scene again, but now fully played out. Gwillem's emerging from the brush in the woods, and he comes upon two officers on motorbikes. Well, needless to say, they are no match for Gwillem. He pretty much easily disperses them, but he stops short of killing them. As you could see on his face, suddenly he has some kind of revelation where he stops himself and turns around and retreats back to the lab. When he returns to the house, he encounters Kathy, and he informs her that He's gotten to the point where he has now evolved so far that he doesn't feel hatred and revenge and violence anymore. And he foresees a future where humans like himself are going to be just pure thought and they will move beyond matters of the flesh. But he tells Kathy that he's too impatient to wait for this evolution. He wants to get back in the machine and make it happen now. As such, he needs her help to get him there. Kathy starts crying and begs him not to because really all she ever really wanted was the original Gwillem to begin with. She thought he was great as he was. She just wanted to see better things for him. And needless to say, with this big oversized head and all his crazy ways, this is not what she was hoping for. 
Unfortunately for her, when she resists, Gwillem is able to use his mind control power over her and force her to man the controls as he gets into the machine to go farther into the future. However, once he's inside waiting for her to start, she basically states that, no, she's got to stop this. She's got to get him back. And so she takes that lever that we saw earlier and she reverses the process. And next thing we see Gwillem actually going through the various stages of de-evolution. As we see him going through this, we do see that he gets back to the original Gwillem. And Kathy's ecstatic about this, but unfortunately, she takes it too far and he starts to devolve even to the point where he's like primitive man. She starts to panic and then tries to reverse the situation to get him back to where he needs to be. The machines seem to go a little bit haywire and everything, but next thing we know, it's stopped and we get to see McCollum as regular old Gwillem again. And we think, oh, a happy ending. Unfortunately, not so happy because after Gwillem emerges from the machine very slowly, he reaches out to Kathy, who's tearful and happy to see him. He touches her face and then proceeds to collapse on the floor. Apparently, the whole thing was just physically and mentally too much of a strain on him. Professor Mathers runs into the room only too late to find Gwillem and Kathy collapsed on the floor as she explains to him what happened. And that's the end of the episode. Now, something interesting of note. Originally, this episode was written to end very differently, where Gwillem was going to devolve to the point where he was nothing more than like a protoplasmic jellyfish form. That certainly would have made for a really cool and terrifying ending, but unfortunately, at the time, the censors just said there's no way they were going to allow that. This was the early 1960s, and the topic of evolution and Darwinism and all that was still pretty contentious with a lot of people out there, and they were really concerned about the more religious viewers having an issue with this and protesting. It was just too touchy of a subject to handle, and as such, they changed the ending to what we get now. And folks, that is The Sixth Finger. I think this is a great episode. The way the script is written involves so many things that are worth considering even today. The episode has an excellent use of lighting, camera angles, special effects, prosthetics. To me, this is one of the first really great examples of what this show was capable of. Not to mention the cast is wonderful, the acting is great. If you can't tell, this is one of my favorite episodes. And I just think it's interesting in the way that they chose to portray McCollum as this almost typical alien-looking kind of creature, you know, with the big head and the ears and the pointy nose and all that. It's very common for what they thought aliens might look like, when in actuality, he's not an alien. He's just an evolved human being leading to a discussion of, well, maybe a lot of aliens, if they were out there, if they do look like this or anything, maybe they're not so different from us after all. Maybe they're just beings like us, but at a different stage of evolution. In any case, it's just fun to talk about and think about things like that. And for reasons like that and all the other things I listed, I think this is a great episode. I'm sure most of you, if you're fans of this show, you've probably watched this episode many times, but for those that haven't, I highly recommend it. And my question is to all of you who have seen this episode, did you love this? Did it freak you out the way it did me and so many other people did when they first saw it many years ago? Now, I'm a little too young to have seen it when it first came out in the early 60s, but I did see it in the 70s, and even then, I found this episode not only captivating, but 
pretty tense and bone chilling. So let us know in the comments below what you thought of this one. We would love to hear from you on this. Of course, as always, please like, share, subscribe, and comment. It means the world to us when you do that. Uh, we're doing this because we love talking about this kind of stuff with all of you out there. We will be back sooner than later with more Outer Limits content. Can't wait to talk more about this. Until then, everybody, see you later and take it easy. We now return control of your screen to you until the next episode when Geeking Poetic will bring you more of The Outer Limits. Please subscribe.